0: Hello. Nice to see you. Thank you very much, uh, Marie and uh, Stinica for inviting me to do this. Um, see if I, there. It is a little crowded up here. Just a few notes there. Um, I'm delighted to be talking about this topic. Um, but I come at it a, from a different perspective than I used to. I used to work in agriculture, and I now work on noncommunicable diseases. I work in health. And so the perspective that I take is the other end of what David has been talking about and and what I think probably a lot of people in the room think about. You know, we think about agriculture, and we think about production, we think about yields, we even maybe think about calories when we make that connection to nutrition. But in health, we're thinking about diet. Um, We're thinking about what makes a healthy diet. We're thinking about disease and what causes disease. We're thinking about all of those decisions that people make that affect their overall health, which isn't even just diet, it's also physical activity, it's also the environment around them. So it's, it's, it's quite um, a different perspective. And when I, I have a lot of agreement with what David said and the kinds, especially on the last slide about um, the healthy food systems and how do we build sustainable healthy food systems, how do we incorporate diet and climate change, how do we put those things together, that's complicated enough. But then I have to say to you, but I really object to you talking about calories. <laughs> I really have a problem with talking about yields. And I didn't come here intending to say that, but I just can't help myself. But I, I know you, I know you know that, and, and I, I don't mean to start a fight. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about sort of what work that I did that SCN supported, and I think probably we'll talk about um, how it is that these things come together, because that's the big challenge, and you pointed it out already. We have You have the World Health, uh, the the WHA, the World Health Assembly targets uh, that you mentioned. And you mentioned, of course, the hunger targets. And there's all the SDGs. There's an awful lot of things that are sort of swirling around these issues. And I think, in a way, that's why it's quite difficult to get traction on them, because it feels as though it's difficult to get traction. And so I really want to thank SDN, and the d- good discussion we had at the Committee on Food Security and other places where Seneca is bringing these issues. And, and just note that it is quite difficult, because in each of those areas that we're working in, you know, we have our own challenges of measurement, our own challenges of evidence, our own challenges of how to deliver a policy message, and so on. And when we put them together, it becomes that much more complicated. So that's the little unrehearsed spiel that I just had to get off my chest. So um, the history of this work is that um, I was part of the international expert group for the Global Nutrition Report uh, from the start of it. Not not any longer, but as part of the process for the GNR 2016, I was asked to put together a paper on what should be the indicators to tell us whether or not we are moving in the right direction on healthy food systems. I, you know, I don't really know what a healthy food system is. Nobody really knows what a healthy food system is exactly. So we just use that term. But basically, a food system that produces the opportunity for people to have good health. And that doesn't just mean good nutrition. It means it means good health. So that was quite a challenge in itself. And the idea um, that Lauren Sadad put to us was, you know, just see if we can move the ball forward in defining what would be useful indicators. So we we did that. And it was published as one of the chapters in GNR. We did a principal components analysis. We looked at an enormous amount of data across many, many countries, as many as we could get a good data set for, which I think ended up being 80-something countries, and and sort of sifted through that to identify what were the variables that seemed to have the most influence on healthiness of the food system and various health outcomes and some nutrition outcomes that we defined. So I'm not talking about that paper. I just wanted to give you a little bit of Where this is coming from. So, from that paper, then um, the SCN uh, asked if we could move towards okay, now that we know sort of what we might be measuring, what are the investments that could be made to help us move in that direction? That was, again, rather a challenge. And I'll just, because David already mentioned it, I will go right to the bottom line and then I can go through my slides faster. And I don't really even have that many. Um, The bottom line was. you can you can come up with a good concept for this and i think we came up with a, at least a reasonable place to to start a discussion which is what i'll show you but i couldn't find any data to measure it and i hope that that's what preeti is going to be telling us about because i went knocking on doors all over the place in you know, the world bank and at efad and at various other places here at IFPRI, and i and what i really want to do is measure return on investment Uh, for some of these specified investments that we thought would be the right ones to move towards healthier food systems. I didn't get anywhere with that. So no numbers in this. Very quickly, talk a little bit about food system investments and what kinds of things – what do we mean when we talk about investments? Um, uh, And then a little bit about the public sector, because, of course, the public and the private sector make different kinds of investments, as they should. And what you want to do is identify, really, where's the role of the public sector? It shouldn't be pushing out or substituting for the private sector. And and where should we expect the private sector to be doing investments that are not harmful? Um, So, what can we expect of them? And then, how do we tailor investments to different kinds of food systems? In that earlier work for GNR, we defined five kinds of food systems. Don't worry, I'm not going to walk you through five kinds of food systems. I whittled it down to just three for today, and I'm not even going to say a whole lot about them. You can go back and read that chapter if you want to. Um, But what I will do is say, here are the kinds of investments that seem to be most needed in a few of these types of food systems. For for health outcomes, Um, and then I'll give you some sort of what did I take away from this work. So why investment is important in the food system, that's kind of self-evident, but the point that I want to make with this slide is that there are a whole lot of different things that investment is after, right? Uh, You of course want increased agricultural output in places where you need that. Of course, you want, this is a nutrition uh, bit, so quality, sufficiency, affordability of healthy food, whatever, you know, exact terms you might want to use in there, you know, advanced technology, use more advanced technology, Um, you know, I could have filled this out with many more things. It's just illustrative that there are many different kinds of goals of investment and decisions that are made along the way. So what we're thinking about here is, all right, what, what would we like investors? whether public or private, to have in mind as they're making these decisions. And again, those are going to be different, but um, we can't expect uh, them all to be aiming in the same direction. But for the social perspective, for the public sector, of course, big picture things like reducing poverty and hunger, what David was just talking about, complementing private investment, you know, using, leveraging what you're doing with the public sector, perhaps to move the private investment in a certain direction, uh, perhaps to get some social benefit or the, some, some public benefit out of it, getting those social and environmental benefits from the health system. If we just left it entirely to the private sector, would we be satisfied with what we get? Probably not. So how can we use the public sector to move it in a certain direction and to protect the environment, etc. cetera? Um, and then improving nutrition outcomes, which is not an afterthought. So this is a list, I'm not going to walk through this list, but did, we did a lot of literature review to sort of draw out what are the kinds of areas of investment or sort of buckets that we think about when we think about investment in agriculture and food system. And it can be through production avenues or through consumption avenues. A reminder that, and this was an interesting discussion with SCN um, that I had from the start of this, a reminder that investment is not the same as consumption. Investment is going to give you a return later on. So you know, there are lots of things that we might do to increase people or to improve people's health, improve people's nutrition to, to adjust consumption or production for immediate return. That's not the same as an investment. But there are ways not just through production, but also through consumption, that we could consider uh, making investments um, that are very directly trying to affect consumption. Um, And again, I'm not trying to walk through. I'm not going to walk through all of this. But I put them up there because that's what sort of fell out of the literature when we looked for healthy food system investment type things. And many of those terms, programs, interventions, what have you, will be quite familiar to you. Um, So, as I said, I whittled down uh, the discussion to three main types of food systems, industrial and mixed, transitioning and emerging and rural, and I'll give you just like one or two examples of the types of investments that should be encouraged, we think, um, for healthy food systems of each of those, and um, I categorized them into value chain, ag sector, interactions with nutrition, governance and institutions, infrastructure, and technologies, because there's, of course, those different different types of approaches. And then the, the other last little bit before I go into some a few examples is what I've been working on more recently is this issue of all forms of malnutrition, if you will, the double burden of malnutrition that, you know, we really, and this is I think the the main message I would want to leave you with, which is sort of new perhaps, is that we really ought to be thinking about investments not only in terms of one form of, of malnutrition, but we ought to be thinking about it in terms of all forms of malnutrition. Not that everything has to accomplish every outcome, but we ought to be having it in mind as another goal on a par with any other goal. So I'm, I'm not going to talk, in the interest of time, I'm not going to talk about the um, specific double duty. That's a, a term that Corinna Hawkes Um, using for uh, we're working on a Lancet series on double burden of malnutrition so she's developing a set of proposals regarding double duty interventions and I'm doing the economic analysis which is um, the hardest thing to do Um, so when we talk about um, strengthening value chains and we look at industrial or mixed uh, food systems, again, I haven't given you all the definitions, but take it from me. Those are sort of the higher income countries. We've got U.S., Germany, Bulgaria. Those are the some examples of the countries that fit into this type of food system model. Um, healthy food systems need. Uh, we need to target populations with special nutritional needs, such as people living in food deserts. You're familiar with food deserts. You know, people can't buy healthy food, generally can't buy fresh food in those places. And those those food deserts can exist in a lot of locations, and often um, in the middle of where there are poorer populations. So there are certain value chain things we can do to uh, deliver healthier food to those food deserts or those specific populations. Um, moving on quickly. Emerging and rural food systems. This is going to be more uh, lower lower income. Uh, Honduras, Senegal, Cameroon, Nepal are some examples. There's a much, much longer list. Um, home gardening, increasing production diversity. Those are not new ideas. I'm, I'm not putting forth new ideas about, you know, what are useful interventions to do. What I'm putting forth is that these are investments that we've identified can very clearly with appropriate design and targeting lead to the outcomes that we identified that will help define a healthy food system. And if you think about it more and think about how you measure it and design it, you can actually address double burden of malnutrition with many of these. Not all of them, and you wouldn't want to, but with many of them. We're not doing that yet. Um, Governance and institutions, um, farmer organization uh, contracts to deliver food to retail outlets, to deliver nutritious food, um, the social safety nets that David mentioned. These are, you know, each of these, there are longer lists uh, in the paper, different things to be to be done. Transitioning economies, you see here Ecuador, Brazil, Mauritius mentioned, you know, moving from a more um, rural and, if you will, ag-based economy to much more, um, uh, urban and much less ag based, ag GDP-based economies. So the, those are a lot of uh, quite quite a diverse group, but a lot of economies are ag systems that are in the middle. Um, just a couple more uh, on infrastructure, uh, improving post-harvest handling, you know, getting more fresh food to market more affordably because so you're because you're not losing as much, um, rural transport in- infrastructure. Again, things that are are on the list, but we're not measuring for the nutrition outcomes especially for the double duty outcomes if you will and then um i think last t- transitioning economies again and these are all defined according to what those healthy foods what those food systems need so they're they're not just sort of random invest in productivity enhancing and resilience enhancing crop r d infrastructure for aquaculture including aquaponics you know these are things that those countries with the food systems they have that they need. Um, so key messages here. That was kind of a bit of a whirlwind. Um, sorry about that. Investments are at hand to support the ICN2 framework. Every food system has the capacity to produce healthy food, and the, the the important point here is that we've identified ways that those food systems can do it. But the interventions have to be and the investments have to be tailored to specific contexts. And again, we have a fair bit more discussion about what is contextual in those different types of food systems. They have a pay, higher payoff when enabling conditions are present, and, and and one aspect of that is having the public sector investment, you know, really be clever about how you leverage private cent, uh, sector investment and when interventions reinforce each other. Public sector, as I was just saying, has primary responsibility for delivering public goods and social values. We should be aligned. One example that Marie mentioned briefly, I think, or maybe Stinnika did, is about public sector subsidies. And uh, a lot of countries, not just rich countries any longer, are subsidizing agriculture for certain purposes, usually just for increased uh, yields or increased output. That, those subsidies, if they exist, and th- probably they shouldn't, but if they exist, they ought to be directed with uh, nutrition and healthy food system investments in mind. There are a lot of knowledge gaps, um, and this is a perfect way to turn over to Preeti because really, it was the goal of this was to actually have some economic analysis to identify return on investment and to be able to look at different returns on investment across uh, across different types of interventions in different countries and compare it with other types of investments. That's where we need to go, but you need to have projects on the ground where you're measuring these kind of outputs in order to do that and. Um, a little while ago when i was doing this it just wasn't there that's just a summary so thank you very much